Behas podcast. My name is Vipratap and I'm your host for the show today. Today we have Ambassador Neelam Deo, Director at Gateway House, here to discuss the most recent referendum in Kurdistan, the elections that just took place in Germany and the upcoming referendum set to happen in Catalonia, Spain. Ambassador Deo, Thank welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Over the weekend, the Kurdish regional government in Iraq uh, completed a referendum on the creation of an independent Kurdistan. Now, this uh, referendum has not been recognized by any nation other than Israel and has uh, in fact been condemned in various ways by Iraq, Iran and Turkey, um, nations that have a sizable Kurdish population. Um, Turkish President Erdogan in fact went so far as to uh, threaten the disruption of oil pipelines from Iraq through, uh, through Turkey if the referendum was not uh, overruled. So my opening question to you is, Will this referendum f- uh, contribute further to instability in the West Asia region? Um, yes, of course. Even though uh, the uh, Kurdish regional government and Masouda uh, Barzani, in fact, uh, has said frequently that this referendum uh, is intended to clarify and strengthen their position in negotiating with the government of Iraq. They're not actually uh, seeking secession at this time, but they need to negotiate. And there are, of course, differences between the government in the Kurdish uh, uh, areas and the government of uh, in Baghdad, uh, with the Kurds claiming that they haven't been paid their share of the budget for many months, and uh, the uh, government in uh, Baghdad complaining that uh, the Kurds have made contracts to sell their oil uh, separately, whereas it should be the remit of the government uh, at the center. So uh, so there will be uh, increasing tensions. First of all, of course, uh, between uh, Baghdad and, uh, and uh, Erbil, which is the capital of the Kurdish region, uh, because, uh, you know, a very high percentage of people have voted in this referendum, more than 72%. Uh, Of these, 93% or so have voted yes for a separate uh, 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 Kurdish area. But 7% have actually voted against, which itself is a surprise that anybody went out and voted against. It is probable that this 7% are uh, from Kirkuk, which is the oil-rich region, but which is also the more multi-ethnic region. There are Arabs there, there are Turkmen, there are people of other ethnicities as well. Now, I I think it's uh, it's as well to have a little history. The Kurds, approximately 30 million people, live in four countries, uh, and they have been hoping for a nation of their own uh, since the dismantlement of the Ottoman Empire after the First World War. Uh, Of course, they didn't get this, and in the past um, almost 100 years, uh, there have been repeated, though spread out, uh, efforts for them to come together from the four countries in which they are located. Uh, But while they have received some support, usually from the Americans, they have also been repeatedly betrayed by the Americans, as, uh, for instance, the deals were made uh, by the British, uh, first of all, uh, in the Second World War, and subsequently by the Americans in their differences with uh, the Saddam uh, government. So, uh, 
the other factor which is very important in understanding the complexities involved here is that there are many more Kurds who live in Turkey as compared to those that uh, are part of the Kurdish uh, regional uh, government in Iraq. This enclave in Iraq was created uh, as a safe haven by the Americans during their prolonged sanctions and war with uh, Saddam Hussein. Whereas Turkey has a long history of fighting the Kurdish uh, population within Turkey and actually treating them very badly. They were not allowed to use their own language, even in their schools they were not allowed to speak uh, the Kurdish language. Under Erdogan, in fact, an effort was made for rapprochement with the Turkish Kurds, but that has now fallen apart for reasons of Turkish politics. Kirkuk uh, is uh, the oil-rich region, as we said, and that is the focus of differences between Iraq and the KRG because it is oil-rich, uh, but it's not clear what number of people in Kirkuk city voted against in this referendum. Uh, I think in terms of uh, instability, it is clear that Turkey, which has fought its own Kurds for 70 years, will certainly uh, fight. Uh, it has threatened to use uh, military force in this region also because of the odd politics that Erdogan played, which was that he cooperated with the Kurdish regional government in Iraq and actually was a buyer of their oil and allowed their oil to go through Turkey while beating up on the Kurdish uh, people in his own country. Now, of course, the situation is more difficult and Turkey will have to take a decision on how they want to proceed further. There is already a similar enclave in Syria where the Kurdish people are acting independently. They get a lot of support from the Americans because they have been the best fighting force against ISIS, but also against some of the groups that support the Assad government in Syria. But that support does not extend to an independent country or referendums of this nature because the Americans actually called on the government uh, uh, in the Kurdish uh, regional uh, area to not hold this referendum. They opposed it quite vocally. In Iran as well, where there is, I think, a million or so uh, Kurdish people, they are quite poor and marginalized in many ways, so there does not seem to have been much political activity there. But uh, Iran has also been very critical of this referendum and is uh, likely to uh, increase, um, if at all, <laughs> it is still possible, uh, repression of their own uh, Kurdish uh, populations. So there will be a great deal more instability, especially as the fight with ISIS and the effort by the, uh, by the Iraqi uh, armed forces in, co in collaboration with the Peshmerga, the Kurdish fighting forces, to retrieve all the areas within Iraq occupied by ISIS is not yet complete. The fighting in Raqqa, for instance, is still going on today as we speak. So um, you, you foresee that there would be a bit of a, a, a problem in terms of the cooperation between these nations and the, the Kurdish mil military forces in the fight against ISIS? Well, there can be some amount of withdrawal of the Peshmerga, the, the Kurdish uh, fighting forces, because 
all of them, uh, if, according to the visuals we saw on television, have certainly voted resoundingly in favor of an independent uh, nation. But you know, there are complications even over there. Because if a Kurdistan ever emerges, it will have been, A, a it will be landlocked, and B, it will have been in the teeth of opposition from all the countries in which the Kurdish population is based. Mm. Now, Kurdistan is going to need an outlet to sell its oil, but also to conduct normal trade, including with the same neighbors who are so strongly opposed to the emergence of an independent uh, Kurdistan. And the other thing which is always uh, problematic in this region is that Israel is the only country which has supported this referendum. It is also a buyer of oil, whether clandestinely or otherwise from the Kurdish uh, regional government. That is a factor that you never can predict fully how it will play out and whether it will impact uh, American support to the uh, Kurdish population here. There could be some degree of ethnic tensions, maybe even violence, because there are many areas like Kirkuk city where uh, the uh, Kurdish population is interspersed with uh, uh, Turks and uh, Arabs and Turkmen in, uh, in the city alone. There's also always a, uh, a bit of uh, you know, sectarian problems which can come in. The Sunnis are, uh, the Kurds are Sunnis, but they are uh, much uh, more uh, progressive and relaxed uh, in, their, in their observances of, uh, of religion. Oil politics will always come into this as well because also there are Gulf countries which do seek transit through Syria particularly for their own gas and oil in directly into Europe. So I think we are in for quite a lot of uncertainty, uh, but certainly lots of heightened tensions and uh, in some ways it remains to be seen what kind of signals the United States now gives. Uh, the French have, of course, also opposed this, uh, and uh, the new president, Macron, is trying to be active everywhere. Uh, it's not clear that he has the capacity to influence things in the same way that the Americans uh, can. But Russia is in the region, Iran is, uh, is a big player, Turkey is a big player, and at this moment, uh, in uh, not good relations with uh, any of the Western countries, who are its uh, partners in NATO? Now um, let's let's shift our discussion to the country which is leading the free world, uh, Germany. Um, Angela Merkel has uh, won the the parliamentary elections, but uh, it doesn't seem to have been the outcome that she would have expected. Uh, the right wing nationalist party, the uh, alternative for Germany party, uh, or the AFD. Uh, gained 94 seats and or 13 percent of the popular vote, and have established themselves as the third most popular party in in Germany, making them a key uh, coalition ally as well. Um, so, uh, Ambassador, what does this mean for Germany, both as a country and as an international player, to have this right-wing party take uh, such an unprecedented leap? So, uh, it, it is certainly not an outcome that Angela Merkel hoped for or seemed to expect because they uh, carried out such a low-key, uh, boring uh, campaign. Everyone commented how boring the German election was. The result is anything but boring. 
because it is not only AFD which has won a significant minority of the vote, it's also the Greens with a similar support and then it is also the former Liberal Party which has traditionally been a coalition partner with Germany but which actually did not even get 5% in the last election and so was not represented in parliament at all. So this uh, outcome has certainly uh, shaken up uh, the Germans. The first consequence has been that the SPD, the socialists, who have been part of the grand coalition with Angela Merkel in the last eight years, the last two elections, have announced that they will not uh, join a grand coalition anymore. They have lost 10% uh, of their support in this election and clearly the analysis seems to be that they have lost it because they became so much like the CDU. Nobody could anymore tell the difference between the SPD and the CDU. They had been together so long, they seemed to agree on so many things, uh, etc. Uh, so they are out. now. Expecting that this coalition formation is going to be really difficult, Angela Merkel has already said that she expects that talks to form a coalition will continue until Christmas. So a three-month period in which to try to align themselves on various issues. And, and this is the way the Germans do it. They have a detailed description uh, discussion with parties and with potential coalition partners. Uh, to try and minimize differences on policy positions and the programs that they hope uh, to implement. Of course, this is going to be a difficult uh, position. AFD is out, but even to reconcile the Greens, who have uh, who are not as extreme as many environmental parties in other countries are, but they have very strong positions on the environment, on uh, climate change, and they are a uh, liberal progressive uh, party. Whereas uh, the other potential uh, partners in this coalition are much more right-wing, much more pro-capitalist. So to bring all that together with the CDU, CSU's own platforms is going to be a complicated uh, job. The right, rise of the right-wing in Germany is actually a European phenomenon. This is what you saw in France. This is what you have seen with uh, Brexit uh, in the UK. This is what was seen in the Netherlands in the last election and as well in the United States. It is the case that today in Finland, in uh, Sweden, Norway the, uh, and Denmark actually, uh, the coalition governments include the extreme right-wing uh, party uh, as partners. But because it has come in Germany, it has called for a lot of uh, comment and uh, notice, given uh, the German rejection of its Nazi past and the, the quite extraordinary efforts made by the people and all governments after the Second World War to uh, account for the actions of the Nazis and uh, to commit themselves to a liberal uh, democratic uh, future and a tight alignment with the West in the European Union as well as with the United States in NATO. So that is certainly uh, an important factor and it, it certainly is also called for a lot of comment from uh, German analysts uh, themselves. What does it mean in terms of Germany's uh, uh, role and position as an international player? 
of course it uh, it has again it has in some ways eroded the moral authority that angela merkel gained by opening up the country to more than a million refugees from the fighting in syria and some of the other countries in the region and some refugees from north africa because the uh, afd's campaign the afd which began as an anti euro party became increasingly an anti eu party increasingly anti immigrant meaning against any refugees which now has become a code word for muslim uh, refugees coming into into germany and it is always uh, phrased as if it's a cultural matter and there are certainly some cultural differences and there have been some uh, uh, very nasty incidents in terms of attitudes towards women so uh, that uh, authority has been eroded otherwise uh, angela merkel was being uh, referred to as the leader of the free world etc but only because uh, people in europe felt that the emergence of trump as the president in the united states of america had deprived them of the leadership of the united states of america she still remains the most important figure in uh, europe and uh, because macron uh, campaigned in france on a liberal platform on trying to project france as an open country even though it has not accepted many refugees that has not in that sense harmed her her status within Europe itself. Um, now, on the other side of the European Union, uh, another referendum is set to happen uh, this weekend uh, in Catalonia, Spain. Now, while the Spanish government has vowed to prevent the referendum from occurring and has taken tremendous steps uh, to dismantle the logistics of the vote, uh, the local population seems extremely adamant to see this through. And this isn't the first time that this has happened. that this has been brought up in catalonia in the in the recent past now um just to close uh, to close on this note what do you make of this referendum um and how could a yes vote uh how could a yes vote impact both the country and the european union so i think uh, it is uh, it has to be compared to some extent with the referendum that was held in scotland last year before the brexit vote which was very narrowly uh, defeated uh, but of course the question in scotland for a secession has opened up again after the brexit vote so two or three things i think i think globally there is a level of uncertainty and the swing towards the right which you see everywhere you see this kind of emergence of strong man in china you see uh, duterte in philippines in india as well uh, there is a global swing to the right combined with you know economic uncertainty social media particularly the uh, there has been a uh, felt a need for uh, you know smaller clearer identities a kind of uh, it's being referred to as tribalism so catalonia has had a long history of differentiating itself from spain while being in spain right now what is uh, what is uh, fueling this push is the fact that catalonia uh, barcelona particularly has been doing better economically than other regions in uh, spain and there has been a lot of resentment of the transfer of resources taxation uh, resources 
two poorer parts of uh, Spain. So, in one sense, the Catalan uh, population, the referendum is opposed in the rest of Spain and by the government of Spain uh, because uh, it is uh, the sense of integrity of the nation uh, but also because it seems almost like a greedy sort of action by the Catalans. Uh, I think that uh, it's also been made clear that not only will they not recognize any outcome of these results but that it is illegal and the government of uh, of Rayoy has moved to take away even police powers from the government of Catalonia. That of course has made the Catalans even more determined to hold the referendum just to show to everybody, particularly in Spain, how much support there is for a separate uh, Catalonia which the Spanish constitution does not allow. There is no provision for secession. So I think that this will have to be seen along with movements uh, for separation in other European countries as well. So for a very long time, Sardinia in Italy or the Northern League, which was a party which grew to try to separate North Italy from the South or uh, Scotland uh, uh, again. Uh, within uh, France, uh, there, there are some areas which have a stronger local identity than uh, uh, in terms of their allegiance. Uh, to uh, Paris. So I think that uh, this is also just in a global sense uh, there is uh, this uh, feeling for uh, grasping a sharp identity rather than a more diffused identity particularly when there are linguistic differences. The Catalan language is a bit different from uh, Spanish in other parts of the country and, and we see it most uh, strongly in democracies. In India, for example, when uh, a party has to campaign and create a, pro a sort of platform differentiating it from others, then the easiest way is to go for language or to go for ethnicities. ethnicity. So in all our states where local parties uh, have become big, powerful. It has always been, you know, Tamil nationalism or the separation of Telangana from Andhra, mm. even though the language is the same uh, over there. But India, it was organized on a linguistic basis even at the time of independence. So this search for a, uh, for a narrower identity is a global uh, phenomenon and uh, it is also the case that uh, people are arguing now that, and it's, a, it's an interesting argument that maybe the era of the nation state is being challenged. So you may get what Kissinger talked about, you know, organizations of regions. Uh, so you could have, I don't know, Southern Europe, no, you know, uh, Scandinavia, Northern Europe, you could have, uh, you know, uh, India, uh, south of the, the Vindhya, so the five southern states or eastern India with, uh, you know, West Bengal, Bihar, Orissa, that. But also then it crosses national boundaries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Sri Lanka may align itself more closely if only the southern states were involved, not as separate countries, but as regions. Uh, and of course, uh, on the other side is the debate which we see with the, with the referendums of this nature, which call for smaller, tighter identities. 
Well, you've certainly brought up a lot of very interesting points. So on that note, we'll end our podcast for today. Thank you very much, Ambassador Deo. Thank you, Veer. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud and to our podcast on iTunes. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you.